grind for the love of the game. Man, what a crazy trade deadline. Been trying to sort through all these player names. Think I done lost my mind. Natron claimed that was wild. <laughs> that was way wilder than I. We we were texting back and forth about who you thought or who we each thought uh, were some of the biggest names that were going to get traded, um, and I was I was blown away. Those are much bigger names than I was expecting. Yes, Kevin Durant is a fairly big name. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know we we got about half an hour for you guys, so we're gonna we're gonna limit our babble. We're just gonna like run through some stuff, give our takes on it. We wanted to get something out trade deadline eve uh, for you to digest, uh, to sipple upon tonight. Uh, so let's start with the Suns. Uh, I have them as are the big winner as far as real life teams. Uh, as you may know by now, the Suns acquired Kevin Durant uh, by trading McCall Bridges. Cam Johnson, first-round picks, and some additional draft compensation. Just my takeaway on that is I think this is the right year to to do a kind of all-in trade like this. I mean, the West, we've been talking all year, is wide open. Uh, Has it become less wide open for everybody else? What's your just quick take on that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it certainly was the time to strike in that move. Uh, You know, I think there's – other people or other formats that can argue about whether that was the correct move to make for that franchise or not. Um, But at least as far as this fantasy, you know, I I might say it wasn't, but um, it was, it it certainly shook things up quite a bit. um, And it really kind of consolidated that roster as well. Consolidated the roster on the other side too, full of glue guys, literally, it's the it's the ultimate glue guys team. We're gonna do a pod where we we should do a quick pod on the next rotation in the next couple of weeks just to see what the hell's going on. You've never seen this yes. many coveted six eight six nine rangy wing defenders who can shoot on one team. They're just kind of missing yep. the player that you put them around. Yeah, let me ask you about that real quick. Um, so, of I think of their their kind of three core three and D guys, or probably their three most coveted guys they have on their team. Uh, that being Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal. Uh, all those guys are, are owned between 44 and 70% of league, so they're not necessarily available in all in everybody's league. But uh, who, who on those, I guess if you had to rank those three as far as lo- uh, rest of the season fantasy potential, who you take in there? I would say that even the best, most dedicated, hard-grinding fantasy analysts are still kind of taking a wait-and-see approach on this. So I think the main thing to say is, you know, let's see how it shakes out. But my instinct is that Royce O'Neal becomes a drop, uh, somebody that you can stream in for some steals. Uh, but I think because uh, there's only so much usage to go around, his usage goes from doesn't exist much to really doesn't exist. Uh, Cam Johnson for me would be the player that I think has the highest upside to get some usage just because he's young You'd think they'd want to see if he has any of that kind of go-to scorer in him, which I think he is flashed in Phoenix. And then smack dab in the middle is our boy DFS. I think DFS is just going to do DFS stuff. He'll be a good streamer. Not So I don't think anyone left that you mentioned there is a must-own 12-team, nine-cat player, other than maybe wait and see on Cam Johnson. But I don't think there's a need to rest or the other two in wait and see. You, don't need, you can just pick them up if they become useful to them. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think they're all going to eat and eat into each other's value a little bit. Um, 
we, we talk about on the pod we recorded last night, which ironically will probably get dropped after this one, um, this kind of Jeremy Grant effect with a three and three guy having this ability to kind of uh, expand his game a little bit. So that is something I'm kind of, I w- I'm really interested to watch in Brooklyn to see if, if one of those guys kind of, uh, somebody's going to have to take usage reins. And so uh, whoever that is, is really worth monitoring. I will say before we transition to the next team, I think Bridges is a winner of the trade deadline. You know, you're going to, you might get to see the Bridges we've seen with Booker out. That sort of usage might translate over to Brooklyn. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, his, uh, the, we've seen, we've seen that higher usage available or like kind of this season, but really, he's about to have so many wide open shots right. and we know one thing he can do is nail those. So uh, yeah, I like, I like the outlook for him. Bridges winner. And then everybody else wait and see slash probably lost a little bit. The one, the one other thing on this trade before we move on though, is the guy that I have as a winner as well. And I know that you're going to roll your eyes at this and and that's fair. Um, I have Tory Craig as a short-term winner here. Um, I, <laughs> I, what is I, the first I really, text I sent you today? Uh, he said, good luck with that loser or something like that. No, no, no. I didn't call him a loser. I called you a loser. I said, have fun with your Tory Craig stream loser. There we go. It was a nice way to get off. It was a a pretty fantastic. I I thought that was very appropriate. I mean, that's like a boring ad, but really, um, they just traded away all their forwards. Uh, And then on top of that, they get rid of Sarge too. So they, so they have this need for a low volume defensive uh, three and D guy in steps Tory Craig, perfect. Um, you know, I mean, he had a stretch when there was no Paul, no Booker that he, you know, this year in December that he averaged 10, 6, uh, two, two assists, 1.4 stocks, and two threes. I think that's, you know, and that was only in 27 minutes. I think it's realistic to see him getting 31 minutes here and that kind of to be his floor. So that's somebody I'm really paying attention to. Um, and at, at a minimum, it, he also has a back-to-back today and tomorrow. So you're kind of getting that trade vacuum uh, effect as well. So he, he could help you win this week and he might be a, a long-term hold as well. I like him as uh, scooping up some of, you know, the after the rubble left today. Um, getting him for that back-to-back stream. I, I would push back a little bit. The, you know, the stats that you gave, you mentioned were with Chris Paul and Devin Booker out. He is now just going to be that fifth banana. And I, so he's a classic glue guy in that way now. I think when we revisit glue guys, he might make the team. But I, but I don't think his, his usage is probably going to go down, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I could see you licking your chops. It was just, I was waiting on the Mark Williams. <laughs> I was waiting on that Mark Williams news all day, and you were waiting on that Tory Craig news. And I got Mark Williams. It, it, it encapsulated both of our fantasy approaches perfectly. It really did. Um, speaking of, um, Mark Williams, for me, as far as players that were winners, I think he's the number one uh, just deadline super smash winner. Um, his ownership has shot up. He's been added 20,000 times today. So, you know, he's just flying off the shelf. Uh just real quick, per 36, I want to lick my chops here. I do want to think about it because I am guaranteeing that Mark Williams, rookie center for the Hornets, plays 36 minutes a game going forward. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's just food for thought. Per 36, get ready to salivate. 18.2 points, 13.4 rebounds, 2.6 blocks, two steals. 
and only two turnovers a game, 4.8 fouls. But I think realistically what you're looking at with Mark Williams and his springy ass, uh, I'm hoping for 12 points, 10 rebounds, 2.5 blocks, a steal and a half. I think that's what we could be looking at second half. And you called him yourself a potential league winner if Plum Dog was dealt, and Plum Dog was dealt. Yeah, if he's available in your league, I mean, at, at the time of recording, he was available in, in 70% of leagues. Scoop him up. Yeah, man, right. what are you waiting for? You, you don't need to see a game. Just just get him. Very, very well said. We would be remiss. Uh, we would not be doing our jobs, our unpaid jobs as fantasy analysts, if we did not uh, mention the Los Angeles Lakers as winners of the deadline. Wouldn't you agree? I th- I thought they I thought they won the deadline in general. I liked all their moves. They were all competent. They from their singles to the doubles. I mean, everything was just a smart move. I, they they definitely were the winners in my book. And they weren't even ordering singles and doubles off the value menu uh, at uh, at Wendy's or Hardee's. <laughs> they were able to get a nice classic classy diner burger. Uh, so, so just real quick, you know, the, the deadline. We won't run through all the transactions. You have other sources for that. They were able to add D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, and Mo Bamba. Will he ever be a thing? I don't know. But I thought it was kind of cool that they were able to swoop up Bamba, jettison Beverly out while managing to trade Thomas Bryant, who I actually think is worse than Bamba. I mean, he's worse on people. He has no defensive potential. They were able to get two seconds back. So basically, in my opinion, you know, Patrick Beverly doesn't matter or exist. So they so they turned Thomas Bryant into Bamba in two seconds today uh, after they gotten those shooters and uh, you know and Bando's energy and rebounding. So I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, LeBron sitting today against Milwaukee. So you know there also been a lot of speculation about him missing some games down the stretch, but maybe now he'll be more motivated and we'll you know get to see the Lakers get beat in the first round because that'd be fun. Yeah, they, they definitely added some depth. I, my, I guess my my question is, you know, they they really beefed up their front court rotation as well, which I think was, was pretty important. Um, so I'm, what I'm wondering is, who do you like best? Kind of the same question as before uh, of this triad of rotations between Mobamba, uh, Vanderbilt, and Rui Hashimura. Definitely Vandy. Definitely Vando. I thought Rudy Hachimura was not necessary to roster prior. Now I'm calling him a drop in all 12 team leagues. Do not, you do not need to roster Rudy Hachimura with these additions. Feel free to stream him if, if you're feeling hairy and you, you want to get 12 points and four rebounds and a three. Uh, but, you know, he'll be on the waiver wire as he should be. So I would definitely have it Vando um, and then Hachimura at the bottom. Uh, and Bamba there in the middle. Bamba's yeah, a big Bamba. question mark. I wouldn't put him anywhere. He's a question mark. But man, he's, he's something a, that I think to watch. He is a yeah, exactly. So somebody, hey man, if you got the space and you want to take a speculative ad on Mo Bamba, sounds like a fun dice roll. I couldn't blame you. Yeah, absolutely. He's, I mean, his fantasy profile is uh, is is really tasty as far as the defensive threes. Exactly. Uh, so let's keep moving through the fantasy winners as far as players at the deadline. The most picked up players I mentioned is Oh Hi Mark. The second most picked up players is our boy, Zach Crunch Time Collins. Uh, so I think he's a pretty big winner. The Spurs obviously moved Yaka Pirtle to the Raptors. There's been a lot of speculation about the Raptors blowing it up. They did not blow it up. They simply added Yaka Pirtle. So that's interesting. Um, but yeah, Zach Collins steps into a pretty big opportunity. 
They collected a poo-poo platter of um, Dwayne Detman and Ken Birch. Hopefully Popovich resists the urge to play those dudes in these serious minutes, but I'm going to hit you with the quick per 36 on Zach Collins. This season, per 36, 16.8 points, 10 boards, a block again, a little over half a steal, and 4.3 dimes, which is nice. So uh, he's a fun player. I picked I picked him and Mark Williams both up in a points league today. They were my priority pickups. I was able to get them. I felt lucky to grab those guys. He could become a drop. He's not a hold on for dear life. Know who your worst player is, and if he's expendable, I think you want to make sure that Zach Collins is not on your waiver wire right now. Yeah, I, I could see Zach Collins popping. Uh, you know, his per 36 have always been really nice throughout his career. Um, he could really do some damage on somebody's roster. It won't be on mine. I, I don't no. think I I don't think I'm high enough on him to get him. I've just been burned on that ship a few times just with foul trouble and injury and availability in general. Uh, but maybe this is the the stretch he puts it all together. And if he does. Um, once again, it's kind of like that Mobamba talk as well. He's got that profile that's that's really enticing as far as outside shooting. Uh, he's a really good at, at swatting around the rim too. So uh, yeah, I think totally totally fair to, to pick him up. Um, but I think I I would have a short leash. I feel like I just wanted to mention that Zach Collins would look great as a Confederate soldier. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he has that striking jawline. I just picture his gaunt figure. And like a Civil War outfit. Maybe he, he's done some cosplay. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what his uh, uh, secondary Twitter, Twitter handle is. Uh, but, you know, really, as far as the uh, Spurs go, I, I actually have Zach Owens as my number two priority ad on that team. On the side? Um, yeah, and it's, it's you know, I'm watching Malachi Brandon. I'm not expecting anything from him. He's an interesting rookie at Ohio State. He was really good there. I don't know if he has the pop, but the guy who I'm really paying attention to is uh, Devontae Graham. Whoa. Um, yeah. Right. Who's, who's not a good player. Uh, no. We, every, we can all admit that. Uh, but he's also not a, a not good player who's only two seasons away from averaging 18, three and a half and seven and a half on three and a half threes for a terrible team. Um, and yeah, there's not a lot of competition in that. Yeah, he was great that season in yeah. Charlotte. Uh, you know, and the, there's not a lot of competition in that uh, San Antonio backcourt. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if the tanking Spurs wanted to uh, ensure they didn't win any games by rolling him out there for 32 mm. minutes a night with a green light. Um, he's somebody I I would be totally fine with a speculative ad on, um, or at a minimum watch. But I, I think he's totally uh, worth a speculative ad. You caught my attention with the tank weapon alert. I hadn't considered the tank weapon alert um, angle with Devontae Graham. That season he had with Charlotte a few years back was so nice. I actually uh, edited a pitcher to stick his head on a box of Golden Grams and made it my team pitcher. So uh, quick shout out to quick shout out to him bursting onto the scene. He was really fun. So hell, you know, if, if we can get four threes a game from an unnecessarily high usage Devontae Graham second half, that's more fun, more fun to be had. Yeah, I, I'm, I would say keep an eye on, keep a close eye there. Yeah, agreed. I'll kick this one to you. I'm going to ask you about him because we've talked about him on this podcast before. Number three in my, my must pick up after the deadline. These are all players who I assume are available in a good majority of leagues uh, is KJ Martin. I think he should be locked and loaded moving forward. There's the most correlation as far as the players that were moved today. I think KJ Martin uh, is going to see the biggest uptick. So I just make sure he's not in any waiver wires. Uh, he was a stash for me. 
in one league. And I was happy to, to see how the dust settled for KJ Martin. What do you think about him after the, the deadline? Boy, I, I feel like I had the, I had the least firm grasp of any of the players on that rotation as KJ Martin does. I feel like I, I have a, I was hoping to see the front court uh, kind of uh uh, narrow down a little bit more the backcourt obviously the minutes are open you know the uh the usage should be there it will be it'll be curious to see how Steven Silas plays that rotation if he goes goes big a little bit more just because that's where the talent is on the uh-huh. roster um but uh but uh, I don't know I don't know were, were you are you adding him pretty uh pretty much everywhere well they did trade your boy Garuba who I know we struggled to remember how to pronounce his yeah. name on an early pod. So Garuba got moved. So that clears up a little bit of room and the player I'd really like to see take off Tari Eason. Uh, he's played yes. almost exclusively at power forward this season. So coach Silas over there would have to change some of that uh, for this to matter a whole lot to him. So the, the, I just think that KJ Martin is going to be the one that's going to be locked in to 30 minutes. Uh, Tari Eason, unfortunately, I don't think saw a huge boost. Although I don't hate him as a speculative ad either if he's still chilling and you don't like the worst guy on your bench. Yeah, I think it's easy to expect a five-minute boost uh, for all those front-court rotation guys. Um, see small bumps, but KJ Martin is probably the uh, likely to see the biggest one. I think we have to mention uh, Cam Thomas uh, before we wrap here today. Um I'd say one of the most out of the blue players to score over 40 points in three straight games. I knew that kid was a bucket as the kids say, and he could score. And I get that they kind of, it was a perfect storm, but that stuff usually happens in April for bad teams. Right. right? You know what I mean? So um, I was able to get him in one spot. Uh, Shout out to James Robinson for grabbing him when our week started. Big game James, baby. Um, <laughs> but uh, are you, is it still kind of a mystery box for you, or do you think he should be a 20-point scorer with the way that there's so many role players around him and he does fit that prototype? I don't know if I've ever seen a player go from basically 0% added to 77% right now. I mean, that's right. just the most meteoric yeah. jump in ownership ever. Um, but, I mean, as you were alluding to, their team is filled with 3 and D guys, and they don't really have any primary shot creators on that team. Um, you know, I think uh, maybe maybe that's Ben Simmons. Uh, in fact, but I probably have him almost what? closer to being a – being almost closer to a drop than I see him being uh, uh, move in there. So yeah, hold on to him. I mean, if you get, if you're lucky enough to get it, ride that. Let's see how long that can last. I'm sitting here shaking my head at my prediction that Ben Simmons would be a top 50 player moving forward on a pod sometime in December. And I'm the biggest Ben Simmons sympathizer, making excuses for that kid. He he better show something, and I don't I don't know if he's going to man. So Ben Simmons, it, he's one of those players you just can't hit the button on drop, but he's not fun to roster right now. Not fun. Oh yeah, it's not a yeah, good time. Yeah, I feel bad for the managers there because if you drop him, you know somebody else is throwing plunking down thirty bucks on him, and he he's not coming back to you. But uh, but he's probably losing your weeks straight up. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I do have a question. I guess we, we're talking about the Lakers too. So um, you know. They they added Beasley, who's who he's got a great shot. We talked about him on the last pod, which once again will drop ahead of us. Good looking um, shot. Was curious. 
I was curious if you're if you're sitting there and you need a little bit of help at that forward position, are you going to be more likely to add uh, Beasley or the McDaniels that just got traded from Charlotte to Philadelphia? He's a drop. I have him on the drop list that I was going to run through towards the end. So that team is just – I mean, I, I don't see him carving out a, a role. Uh, I've, I've had him for a stretch, um, Jalen McDaniels. And his percentages can be atrocious, but then it, once you drop him, he'll have a game that just pops on the stat sheet. He'll have 15-6 with four stocks, and you'll be like, dang. And then he'll shoot one for eight. So I think with Philly, he's going to have a very pared-down role. Would be my. I haven't really crunched the rotation numbers um, to take a look at that. I think he'll, he'll be a huge addition for that team. It was a great get by the Sixers, but I think he becomes a 12-team drop, and Beasley's a three-point streamer, not a must roster. Yeah, I agree. I mean, his McDaniel's stocks are, are really appealing, and I think he's going to have really good streaming potential when there's guys that are out uh, just because he's he's he fits in that lineup really well. But as far as uh, pecking order goes, he's going to be quite a bit further down the pecking order than Beasley, who's becomes just a, a better three-point stream than he, than he was. I Yeah, I, I got to say, I think turning uh, Thibel into McDaniel's today was a huge win for the Sixers. A little curious, uh, I, one of the teams, so I'll be very quick, and I, I know we don't have a lot of time here, but one of the losers I had just for this season is the Blazers, uh, the deadline. You know, it's kind of roll. I think they're just kind of rolling it over to next season. Getting five seconds for Gary Payton Jr. is a nice haul. That's pretty cool. That was um, a great bit of business. Yes, yeah, it was a great bit of business, exactly. But I'm not sure what the motivate. like, what are we doing with Thibel? I know he can defend. Do they think they can turn him into even an adequate offensive player? Um, or is that, was that just, I think they gave up two seconds there. So that's, I don't, that could be, you know, maybe he'll become a stock streamer again, like he used to be. When you could grab him if he has a back-to-back on a weekend and he could, you know, win you a blocks or steals category. <laughs> Yeah, I, the the talk has always been our, you know, they're kind of trying to build around two timelines. You have right. the, the Dame right. timeline yeah. or the Anthony Anthony Shaden timeline. Um, but uh, it seems like, I think, to the frustration of a lot of fans, they're kind of choosing the younger timeline a little bit and and the more patient build. It's not necessarily a the, a terrible decision because you know they're sitting in eleventh place right now in in the West. They seem to kind of chose this middle ground where they're still going to try to compete for the play in. So all all the guys that are on your roster are still 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 have value or still holds. Um, I think we were surprised to see Nurk still on the team, and so he's somebody to definitely continue hanging on to. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think nothing really changes as far as the fantasy rotation goes. You know, there's going to be a slight bump up in in minutes for some of those streamable guys but your actual your main locked core guys are something somebody to hang on to hopefully your boy nazir little will have a a run of 12 team relevancy that'd be cool i'm I'm calling him nazir medium by the end of the season (laughs) nazir mid (laughs) uh quick shout out to the detroit pistons and back-to-back deadlines they were able to come away with the two biggest busts from their drafts it's really impressive and They were able to pay Marvin Bagley last season. They gave that man they gave that man a bag, and then they found a way to get Wiseman. And on the same day, Chris Haynes reported that he's going to be starting when Jalen Duren's the youngest player in the NBA, I believe, and has shown a lot of promise. So that's really good. 
That's really good. Uh, that's just so compounding. On you trade for you already have a few projects at that position that are showing potential, um, and to trade for another bust, and then you keep Bogdanovich, who you you, you could have got a nice haul for. I didn't even jot that down. Kept him. Like, no, I know. Yeah, I, Dude, I don't I, know what I don't know what's going on in Detroit. They had a nice draft last season. They kind of uh, seem to be trending in the right direction, but uh, that was some compounding uh, decisions there. Nature and I was so prepared for them not to trade Bogdanovich that they got a pass for me today. I didn't even remember because I knew they weren't going to. They made it clear that they refused to get assets for a player that doesn't fit their timeline and had a ton of value around the league. So that was good business by Troy Weaver. Yeah, I feel like it was the biggest shocks for me coming out of it were that both the two guys traded for each other, which were uh, Bogdanovich and Kelly uh, Olinick. Neither one moved. I thought they were right. both locks. So. Um, I feel like that kind of harkens back to one we were talking about earlier, where it's it's it is a little hard to predict who's going to move, even when there's a giant blinking light over somebody's head that says uh, trade me. Trade me. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I, I sent out to our group chat right before the trade dropped. Mason Plumley sent out a prayer emoji on Twitter. Just that was the whole tweet. Just prayer hands. <laughs> so, so good for the plum dog two things to hit real quick before we go one of them involving the plum dog i do believe especially with the clippers uh, mason Plum ended up on the clippers uh reggie jackson was traded to the hornets and they are working on a buyout i think that basically zubats and plum dog are going to eat into each other enough that they both will become 12 team drops especially because in certain matchups the clippers play small so I think that um, Zubats and the Plum Dog, unfortunately, are, are losers today. I think that's the sound thinking, yeah. The only other thing I want to mention uh, is just one of my least favorite trades of the day was the Nuggets getting two second-round picks for Bones Highland. Mm. I thought that was complete garbage. It's a good get for the Clippers. Unfortunately, for fantasy, I don't think it changes a whole lot. Uh, maybe he becomes a, a viable point streamer. But in your typical 12-team league, I, I don't see him as a pickup. Uh, he didn't get picked up in my 12-team points league today even. And I was texting with a buddy. We both love Bones, and we were kind of bummed on his landing spot. So I think that Bones is a loser. The Nuggets kind of lost that out. I mean, when the Spurs got four seconds for Jason Richardson – not Jason. Um, Jay Rich. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I was like, that was pretty disappointing. So – so a little L on yeah, I think everything there. the Clippers, yeah, true. I think everything the Clippers did both uh, as far as receiving and trading away guys was a little frustrating for fantasy. Um, you know, they had a log jam of players that were all eating each other. But then even some of the guys they traded away, like Luke Kennard, uh, who could have could have had some value, or Reggie Jackson, they're moving to, on to situations that uh, that aren't helpful. And Bones is probably going to get buried with the with the trade mans and Amir Coffees of the world. Uh, Amir Coffee. Uh, I'll never forget the day Amir Coffee scored 61 fantasy points on a DFS lineup for me. Big shout out. <laughs> Dang, uh, some cash. Yeah, so so a lot to cover in a short amount of time. I feel like when we hit record, we push the 1.5 button on ourselves. I don't know if we've ever went through this much information in this concise and rapid fire of a manner. So, so uh, big shout out to us. Yeah, I'm amazed we got all this through. This is a this is a super fun day. I I have this per, as one of my personal uh, top five sports days of the year, oh, uh, which to uh, which to to uh, non junkies is kind of a little so shocking. But uh, this is just a lot going on here. 
explaining to people why I'm occupied randomly on a like late morning, early afternoon every year. Um, there are certain people that I just can't, like my grandma, I can't explain to her why I'm unavailable to take a call due to the NBA trade deadline. It's too nuancy. There's certain people that aren't going to get that. <laughs> was it, was that, was that text you said true that you, you faked a nosebleed once on a trade deadline? Well, yeah, it is true. Both of the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a little bit of blood on a Kleenex and I was like, oh shit, I think I'm getting a sinus infection. So I went home, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's solid. Nice work there. Shout out to my past employers. Uh, you always knew that I love the NBA uh, more than your company. Um, so. <laughs> Hey, man, uh, I wanted to get you out of here. I think the people need to know that Natron Clean is in uh, a pretty upper echelon, to my understanding, adult bowling league. Uh, so how is that bowling league going so far? And I believe I was promised uh, a bowling ball pitcher and there would be bellies, um, some, some men's bellies exposed. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that picture tonight. Maybe we can get that up on our Twitter fa- Twitter page. Uh, shout out to Atlee Cheeseburger Randy for doing that. Right. Um, we're doing pretty solid in our bowling league. I will say that uh, this the league is skewed younger this year. We are now, uh, I'd say the average age in previous years was uh, low 70s, and I think it's creeped down into the low 60s this year. Um, so we're, <laughs> we're we're still we're we're still a bunch of kids running around for sure. That's that's a beautiful thing. I think we need to see that. Yeah, please get us a photo. We will drop that on the Projecting the Jump Twitter. If you're not following Projecting the Jump on Twitter, please do so. Um, it's a good time. Yeah. We do so for your own benefit. Yeah. Yeah, and the uh, we're in third place in that league. But, but um, the uh, yeah, I guess as we get out, and we're going to talk about it more on the podcast, which will be dropped immediately after this. But uh, But for those of you, please check out our newest partnership, with Steelbridge Coffee, uh, head over to steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ. Uh, fantastic locally roasted organic fair trade coffee that we're, we're just geeked to partner with. Uh, check out their website. You can get some, some really cool prime basketball cards and, uh, and a really good deal on some coffee as well. So that's steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ. That was a live, I won't call it a read. That was just off the cuff. And what I love is every time I get to mention this amazing partnership, I get to hear Natron use geeked to describe something again. (laughs) (laughs) This is always a good time. I'll pull the the thesaurus here next time. Good luck to you and those senior citizens tonight in your bowling league. Um, We are going to be back at you real shortly. This pod's going to drop tonight, uh, trade deadline, and then you're going to see another pod drop the following day, and then we will be back at you with another pod really soon. So for Natron Clean and all of his bowling compadres, this is your boy Flying J. Hope you had a great trade deadline, and we'll talk to you all soon. Cheers, Flying J. Peace.